to another informative yet entertaining episode of Impala's 20 Minutes With. I'm your host, Juliana Karantin, and today we're celebrating Pride Month with our incredibly colourful guest, the delightful Eve Horn. Her kaleidoscope of multi-skilled credentials include being the founder of Peak Music UK, an organisation advocating for equality in the music industry. She's the creator of the We Are The Unheard podcast series, and she's a singer, prolific songwriter for numerous international hit makers and producer who goes by the name of Magpie. At Peak Music, Eve provides female songwriters, producers and artists with the tools and expertise to expand their creativity, enhance their skills and boost their visibility. As a member of a movement called Moving the Needle, Eve is on a mission to literally shift the dial that currently points to an international music industry that is overwhelmingly male-dominated. And lest any of us forget, Pride Month is a joyous reminder of the indispensable contribution made by the LGBTQT community of lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, and transgender people to our diverse societies, including the music business. When it comes to the marginalized, we can't wait to hear how Eve wants to make a difference. Hello, Eve. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Hello, my lovely. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. Absolutely loving it having you here. I've been reading about you and we have to discuss. Let's begin with an overview of your different activities. Could you tell us more about Peak Music UK to start with? How was it created and how is it going? Definitely. So... Peak Music UK I created after I got to a point in my life through various steps where I had to kind of step out of the music industry because I had a lot of health issues, a lot of operations. And I was like, if I can't do music, then I will make as much money as I can to try and secure my future. That was kind of like in my head because, I, you know, it had come to the point where things had, you know, got too much and I had to step out of the industry for a minute. So I became a train driver. You are kidding me. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, And it was great. It paid my bills. It was a fantastic salary. And I would recommend it to anyone who wants to, you know, save and secure some future. But my soul died there because it just wasn't for me. I was literally a circle trying to fit into a square. And a very long story short, I ended up, like, you know, getting to the point where I was like, have to get back into music like my soul needs it I'd been out for a while I didn't know how to do it I didn't know you know know anyone anymore really in the industry who to turn to but and I was scared but I just jumped and I promised myself two things one was to have fun and the other one was to stay open at all times to absolutely everything I jumped and I started Peak Music UK The original idea for Pink Music UK was to create music production workshops for songwriters because being both, I realised that a lot of songwriters don't necessarily have the language that producers use. They don't understand it. They feel quite intimidated and insecure in a studio environment for obvious reasons. We've heard many stories about unsafe studio environments. So I wanted to bridge the gap between 
songwriters and producers and give them some tools so that when they do go in a studio environment, even if they don't want to be producers, they at least know the basics of production, they know the language, they know how to portray what they want artistically to a producer and then understand what that producer's process is to make their song you know, come to life, which is huge for an artist and songwriter. So the other thing was songwriting retreats. I'd been on a few and I wanted to make the experience better for songwriters. I started the company, I did my first workshop, it was great. And then I had my first retreat in Italy in the mountains, all ready to go. Um, nice. Yeah, it was, you know, pretty much fully booked. And then COVID <laughs> kind of just smacked everyone in the face. And it, yeah, it made me really reevaluate what I was doing because at the time I was building you know contacts again from the ground and I had to say to myself you know what am I doing at the time I was doing a lot of stuff with native instruments and, and I was building my my own YouTube channel and I was doing a lot of walkthroughs on the tech stuff and I'd seen that there was no women kind of doing it there was a couple of women on YouTube doing it but there was none, none of color and none that were gay because I actually know the two <laughs> the women that are on there like the two that are mostly on there and I wanted to make sure that I could represent people like myself and be a role model for them but at the time I was like I had to ask myself the question what what am I doing because at the moment I'm just doing walkthroughs there's no reason so I really had to stop and say what is the things if I look back through my life that I've been the most passionate about and the things that have got me in my belly you know and that I realized was the same throughout it was women in music it was the lgbtqia plus community it was disadvantaged kids yeah and it was general diversity and helping the underdog you know being a role model mentoring and training that type of thing and I realized that it's because that's my story <laughs> you know and that's one thing I've strived for my whole life. Everything I've done, I've been a mentor and a trainer in because I love that moment when you see someone going from not understanding something to that light bulb and it clicks and they realize that they can do it and their confidence grows right in front of you. And that is something that you can't buy. And that's the thing that keeps me going. And that is what I aim to do with, with Peak and my campaign. And how's it going? How is peak music going? Is it going the way you imagined it? It is. It's going slower than I imagined because I have a three-year-old daughter and I've had personal things happen in my life that have thrown some, some blocks. But I'm super hopeful that, I'm not even hopeful, I'm confident. Absolutely. I am confident that um, I am reaching every single dream and vision that I set out to be from the beginning, it's definitely on its way. It's happening. Amazing. Absolutely inspiring. And then next, could you tell us a bit more about the Unheard campaign, including your role as a podcast creator? Again, during this whole process of me figuring out like my why, I guess, I had to ask myself, you know, what am I doing this for? And I remember when I was at university, um, to study sound engineering, I was one of six women and I was the only one of colour. In a class of how many? Oh, in the whole year. This is like a year, the whole year. <laughs> yeah, not, not the class, like the, the year. <laughs> like, yeah, this is a year. Um, and I did my dissertation on the, the lack of female 
sound engineers in the music industry. And we're talking, you know, 2000, 2002, I think it was. So it was uh, 20 years ago, literally. In that time, hardly anything had changed. The only thing that I'd seen change is that, you know, the internet had come about. There was a lot more female-led groups. There were a lot more women in the space doing things for women. But there was nothing moving. Female producer stats were still at 2%. And I think between 2020 and now, they fluctuate between 2 and 3%. I don't even know if there's stats for female engineers. Not in the UK anyway. And so I was like, I need to do something to make change. I really have to take action myself. And I started the campaign and I wanted it to be kind of like a social campaign. So you buy a hoodie or a T-shirt and the money from that goes into me being able to train female, non-binary, LGBTQA community in songwriting and production so they can get it for free. And the podcast, what's the aim, the vision you have for it? So the podcast grew from that and it's, it's for me, it's bigger than this. I realized from starting the campaign that we have much bigger issues. And then looking back at my own story and being a guest on other people's podcasts, I realized the amount of things I'd gone through in my life. And I'm completely open to sharing them. And I think it's important to share stories. I've grown up in a single parent family. My family are white. My boyfriend, when I was 14, got murdered. He was black and he was murdered by white people. Um, I've had a hysterectomy, I've had bowel surgery, um, I've had issues obviously being gay and Catholic. I have a three-year-old daughter being a gay single mum. Now, you know, there's loads and loads of things. There's, there's so many facets, right? There's religion playing a part. There's growing up on a council estate. There's so many different things here. And I was like, if I've been through these things, and there have been times where I've felt so alone, you know, when I was had my bowel surgery and I had a bag fitted I was in a ward of like 90 year old cancer patients and I've I was like no one understands what I'm going through there you know and everyone everyone would have gone through this everyone still feels alone and unless we talk about it you know unless we open up honestly without shame without being feeling like a victim without um you know, feeling that there's something wrong with it. You know, I'm going through my menopause now and I talk about that all the time. Um, and, you know, all of the, the symptoms and side effects you get from that, very important to discuss this because we change the world. And that is what I want to do with the podcast. Yes. By opening up and sharing stories, we change lives. Gosh, I can imagine even people outside the music industry, all that resonates with them. Yeah. So it's fascinating. Now, something that is needed is what you are doing. And that also brings us to the moving the needle yes. movement. Could we have a few words from you on this initiative as well? Yeah, so the moving the needle is basically a group of amazing women that, you know, we all are in the industry, like, we are all running amazing companies or part of amazing companies. And one of the things that we wanted to do is focus on the education side and really kind of tap into schools and, and inspire the next generation about the different types of roles and jobs there are in the industry so that people can be inspired to understand that there are careers within the industry that don't necessarily mean you are a singer, a songwriter, a producer, an artist. The typical roles that people think are the industry, there are so much more. 
law, just one thing, music law is huge. A&R, you, you've got sound, you've got, you know, all of the stuff within live, the live element, you know, stage, setting up the stage, lighting, live engineering, like I could go on and on and on. There are so many different jobs in the music industry that can you can have a career and can still be really exciting for you. And we're super passionate about hitting that home and inspiring the next generation. That reminds us that with the extent to which the creative industries is one of the world's biggest job creators, basically. Yeah. Now, I read the appropriately titled Shameful Stats section on the Move and the Needle website. Mm-hmm. It said in the UK, 46% of music performance graduates are female. Yet, in 2020, only 19.9% of labels' artists' roster were women. Yeah. And very recently, the BBC published findings that indicate only 13% of the big UK music festival headliners this year are women. Yeah. Despite pledges to have a 50-50 balance by now. Yeah. Now, forgive me. Are we just not trying hard enough? This is why I started the campaign. And I'm a part of a, an initiative at the moment called Key Change. I'm an innovator on their program. They are working with countless festivals that have signed the pledge to change their rosters to 50-50. There are so many organisations that are out there every single day making change. And someone like myself, I might be one individual, but I know that I'm not going to stop shouting. I'm just not going to stop because it's what I'm here for. And if I don't do it, what is the point, right? There are so many people out there making change and it is happening. I'm also part of the UK Music Diversity Task Force uh, and I represent the Music Producers Guild on that. And they've put in place a 10-point plan and they're, they're, you know, on it. All of these trade organisations have to make change when it comes to diversity and inclusion. It's happening. It's happening slowly, but we have to just keep pushing, keep having conversations and educating with love. Impressive, seriously. Now, with all these campaigns that you are part of, what do you think of the current state of the music industry regarding women representation? Have you seen much change during your career? And are you optimistic for the future? The industry at the moment is awful, if I'm completely honest. I just think it's all over the place. You know, when I was an artist, when I was signed, it was much more straightforward. But the massive downfall was the record labels had all of the power and they took all of your money, (laughs) which is why so many artists back in the day ended up broke. The great thing now is artists have way more control. But what we need now is the balance, you know, because streaming is, again, taking a lot of income from artists. So we need the balance now between the major labels and artists owning their work it's almost like artists should be able to own it but then license it to a label do you know what I mean I do I am hopeful I am hopeful but there's a lot of gatekeepers you know things like the festivals for instance during lockdown we saw that there was a massive shift and everyone was like yeah we're gonna you know change it we're gonna get way more female you know led artists on and your acts and it just hasn't happened it's just dipped again and Probably because, you know, I'm generalizing here, but we have, you know, the gatekeepers are, you know, middle-aged white men who are like, well, this is how we've done it for the last 20 years. And, you know, if we get female acts on, then maybe people won't buy tickets. Like, 
what type of mentality <laughs> is that? Do you know what I mean? I'm actually going from what someone told me the other day was one of the reasons they said it was too risky to right. have a female headlining a festival. Yeah. And I was like, Pfft. I was like, like, what? It's too risky because, you know, oh, I just, I can't, I can't even understand <laughs> the answer. It's really shocking to hear in yeah. the 21st century. This is what this is what we're up against. It's not going to stop. It's just not going to stop. You know, we don't want to rule the world. We just want what we deserve. What do you say to the argument? I'm playing devil's advocate for a second. Mm-hmm. That well, whoever it is, the one running the labels happened to be the one in, taking the risk. They are putting the money into the artists. And in the case of the streaming platforms, if someone had not invested in Spotify. Would you have been able to use it yeah. to reach your audience directly? Can you give me, what do you th- say to that? On a Spotify and stuff, they're like, they're more business structured. If you're talking about festivals, this is it's way more creative. It's an interaction with an audience and an artist on stage. Now, the person running that cannot, I don't think, choose how the audience is going to feel based on their decision of what might have worked in the past because it shifts, it's fluid, yeah? And if any human being can stand on the stage and bring amazingness to a crowd and that crowd love it, then they should be given a chance. In which case, you say to music companies agreeing with you and wanted to make changes in this area because some companies are keen to make changes, just don't know where to start. What would be your advice? I would say to them, just do it. like. Do it. You know what we're asking for. If you're a record label, how many females, how many males, how many non-binary, how many people of colour, you know, have I got signed? You know, if they happen to be mainly white men, make a change. You know, I'm not saying get rid of them, but start, you know, getting more diversity as your acts, you know, start looking at different genres of music, start, you know, researching other areas that, you know, you can go into. No one's asking for like massive change you don't have to become a label that you know focuses on r&b pop and then go into like death metal you know no one's asking for that it's just small changes on a daily basis to show you're doing the right thing for your company look at your staff are they diverse enough try to change the way you do things bring someone in don't try to control everything get a different opinion so many things brilliant (laughs) I hope our listeners are taking note of all this from someone who's very much in the know. I've got a lot to say. (laughs) And we're loving it. We're loving it. As a singer, songwriter and producer, Eve, you are also really creative with nifty digital tools, as we've seen in your great YouTube tutorial on 10 beats in 10 days using 10 expansion packs. Do you think access to music for members of minority communities has progressed in the digital era? Because in the past, you really needed to buy expensive equipment. Do Mm. you think the required tools are now more accessible or are there still barriers? There are still barriers because to have a home studio is still expensive. And there are people that just can't afford it. You know, just to buy a Mac computer is, you know, £1,500. Then you've got the software that you need to use to run it. Generally, that's between £500 up to a grand. You have things like audio interfaces, you've got MIDI keyboards, and you have outboard equipment as well. It's costly for people that are creative 
and they can't can't afford it, which is why when I set up my studio 20 years ago, it was for that reason. It was for people to be able to access a recording studio who couldn't afford it. And we did it with the Prince's Trust and we got awarded. Yeah, we won that award for... (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. Is there a solution? There is a solution. I'm hopefully helping it as well. I've just actually been funded, given funding to start my We Are The Unheard Academy. The aim is to train minorities and women and non-binary people in music production and I'm making it free and it's online. So people, wherever they're from, can access it and I'll be providing them with you know, some free software as well to make it easier for them. Fabulous news. Now, before we move to our customary final questions, are there any current or forthcoming projects that you'd like to share with us? My academy, which is definitely in the pipeline that's coming up, Myself, Namya from Girl Grind and Mary from Mamas in Music are all coming together. We've been funded by PRS to put on a songwriting camp for mums who are in music. So specifically, you know, we really think that there are so many mums that have to lose out because of, you know, Having a family. Yeah, literally. And and as one of the ladies on my podcast was due to get a record deal, though she was in the studio with them, you know, doing it out, and they found out she was pregnant. And, you know, Seriously? So, yeah, yeah. You can listen. It's, it's in the one of my episodes on, on the podcast. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a real thing. And they need support. So that's one of the things we're going to be doing. And obviously, I'm just going to keep grinding. <laughs> keep grinding. Okay, this is, I mean, God, we could go on forever. I know. For our popular quickfire questions, five questions in five minutes. What are your priorities for the future? Oh, to change the world. What are you often heard saying? Be kind. What's your one piece of advice to someone considering a career in music? Believe in yourself and don't compare yourself to others. And what's on your playlist at the moment? Oh, ABBA, because I just went to ABBA Voyage and it's fantastic. And Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, because Stranger Things, obviously, but I also released a cover version of it. And I heard it. It's lovely. Yeah, it's just me and all of the things that I would love to change in the world. Like if you see the video, it's just me expressing all the things that are wrong and, and how I would like to change places with them and, and help. So, yeah. Eve Horn, singer, <laughs> songwriter and producer extraordinaire. It's been awesome having you join us to celebrate Pride Month and hearing how you've been brightening up the music industry by encouraging more creatively diverse members of society to make the music business even more colourful than it already is. Darling, <laughs> thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.